Have you ever considered a home birth? Has the idea of it freaked you out like it has my husband? (laughs) Or do you feel like there's just way too much fear around the idea of a home birth? Well, today, we're talking all about home birth with Sarah and Matthew Bivens from Doing It at Home. These two have created empowering, raw, and honest resources for you through a podcast, a book, workbook, masterclasses, virtual classes, and a community, all called Doing It at Home. By the end of this episode, you will have some of that fear diminish and feel more comfortable knowing that if you choose home birth, there is support just for you. Here are the first steps in preparing for a home birth, the partner's role in a home birth, and how overly prepared you actually might feel in a home birth as opposed to a hospital. And we actually did a little bit of a podcast swap, and their episode where they interviewed me just came out yesterday. So I highly recommend when you're finished with this episode, pop over to Doing It at Home, their podcast, and take a listen to the interview with me. You are listening to the Mamas in Training podcast, and I'm your host, learning right alongside you, Jessica Lorian. I've decided to learn about motherhood before I actually am one, because my autoimmune disease is delaying my journey. Listen along as I interview experts about what they wish they had known before becoming a mom. My mission here is to give you support and community, so you know you are not alone. Now, on to the show. Back in 2016, you were both originally planning a hospital birth, but then you changed around 17 or 18 weeks to a home birth. When you first made that decision to go for a home birth, what did that feel like? I will say when we made the decision, when it was very clear, it felt awesome. It (laughs) felt liberating. It felt exciting. It felt aligned. Also felt peaceful. I think there was a great sense of peace that came with finally, you know, Hmm. being clear on that and making the choice moments and conversations and things leading up to that were certainly ebb and flow. At one point, I thought we should do it at home. Matthew, not so much. We kind of tossed the baton back and forth. And then he mm-hmm. was actually more on board for it than I was. And so there there had been a lot that went into it. So when the choice was finally made, you know, when we broke up with the OB, so to speak, and, <laughs> you know, moved forward with the midwives, it just, it felt very aligned. Yeah. What about for you, Matthew? When we made the choice, I felt very peaceful. I felt very open to a new experience. This is It was nothing that I had thought for myself. And until several weeks or maybe a month or so before, I hadn't even known or seen that for myself. So when we made the choice, I made it very confidently. And the journey to get there, we went back and forth, as Sarah mentioned. And then I got very clear that home birth was, hmm. you know, based on who I know us to be. Like, I just got very clear that it was for us. And then when I said, babe, I'm all in on home birth, like I'm 100% in, you know, at that point Sarah was probably like 80 20 and yeah. then mm-hmm. and then the scales and then she's like okay we're doing it like we're, we're doing it at home so yeah. it was a wonderful feeling we it felt very synergized like we were both very much on board on the same page committed to this and that was a great feeling Well, I think it's so special to have the opportunity to sit down with both of you and get both perspectives on this because you up the ante when you decide to go for a home birth on a little bit of the pressure, I think, that goes into the partner side of this. So I'm really excited to get into that and we will in a moment, but I just want to first say thank you for what you've created at doing it at home with everything that you offer everybody and congrats on creating it because I know that it it was probably a long journey 
But hearing from somebody who's been there and from people who didn't necessarily plan on this from the beginning, I think that's kind of the essential key to everything that you all do. So thank you. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Can you first explain to us the home B-I-R-T-H mindset? What is that mindset that you preach about? Yes. So when I think about the the values and the philosophy that we've created at doing it at home, I think it just encapsulates that and it can be applicable to any birth. So B-I-R-T-H, beliefs, intuition, resources, team, and habits. And it's really the the idea with that is that if you are addressing each of those things as you move into your birth vision, that you're covering all the bases and you are setting yourself up for success. We're really about parents feeling the most confident, prepared, and excited. You know, yeah. that birth can be exciting and beautiful and magical and wonderful and transformative and something that brings you and your partner together, sets you all up as a family. So all of that is is in mind when we kind of put this home birth mindset together. Yeah. Outside of doing it at home, both Sarah and I are life coaches. And in that sphere, it's inside out. And you know, the work that we're doing is inside out. Mm-hmm. And so we we brought that mindset over to what we do with doing it at home. And in terms of the preparation and really getting ready for, for birth, it's an inside out thing. And yeah. so that's what goes into that acronym. It's really looking inside yourself to prepare and then getting the things around you and surrounding you with um, the things that you're going to need to, once again, feel that you can have a successful home birth. Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful to hear too, because it's like, there is so much anxiety and so much stress around what you might experience. And Mm -hmm. it's good to be aware and to know that, you know, this could be really hard. You could be in a lot of pain. Crazy things can go wrong. But to really set yourself up in the best way possible to have that beautiful experience is, is so key. So what would you say is really the importance of looking into all of your options? Like how, how you went through that clearly because you first were planning a hospital birth. So mm-hmm. why is that so important for us? Because some people are definitely going to say like, nope, I just want to go to a hospital or the opposite. Nope, I just want to be at home. Mm-hmm. I think there's so much power that comes from weighing your options and being clear on what they all are and seeing yourself in the scenario in each of them and getting to that place of, mm, yeah, I could see that. Mm. No, not so much that. And when you've done that, when you've weighed it all, when you tinkered even in your mind, envisioning yourself in all of these different scenarios, and you end up choosing the one that you feel ultimately serves you best, that is going to set you up, I believe, to feel the most confident in that choice. And so with that confidence comes wherever you choose to birth, that you are going to be better equipped for the unwanted feedback and questions and sometimes just frankly asinine comments you might get. So I believe it sets you up really well for that on the kind of defensive side of things. But then on Mm -hmm. the offensive, you now know that you have looked at the options and you've still chosen what worked best for you. And I think with that, then that that reduces, well, should I have, you know, whatever, insert the blank there. And and you feel in ownership of this process because it's it's your body, it's your baby, it's your family. So it, it's really important for you to feel like it's your experience. And so for you to be ultimately making the choice, you know, it's not something that was handed down because that's the way 
your mom, aunt, sister, grandmother, the way they've always done it. It's not what the TV uh, or, or news has told you to do. It's what you have soul searched within yourself and ultimately decided upon. Why did you decide on a home birth? What was it for you? That's mm, great. That's a great question. There's so many layers to it. I think when, think in that weighing process and the envisioning that I just described, I think when I played it out, almost like a film, you know, seeing myself in it, mm-hmm. that's just where it felt like it was meant to be in my bedroom, unattached, unencumbered, eating, drinking, moving freely, feeling every aspect of it and and meeting my baby in the place that I felt the most safe, the most secure, the most expressed and the most comfortable. And so when I played that out, that's what it felt like. And having said that, I can say it's possible for a person to create that kind of experience for themselves and, and have everything I just described in any type of setting. Yeah. And yet for me, when I did that exercise and when I think it ultimately comes down to it, it was just, that's what I saw. What about, what about you? What would you say? Having our child at home felt the most loving place to welcome her into the world. Mm. I think that's really what it came down to. For us, we started our journey planning a hospital birth and through those conversations, through those appointments, through you know just that avenue of preparation didn't feel the way that we knew we wanted our birth to feel from the planning side, the conversation side, the you know thinking through scenarios. And then when we connected with the midwife and we started hearing about this other option called home birth, it felt exactly the way that we wanted to feel through the process. Mm-hmm. And it felt loving and warm and safe and exactly like what we wanted to do. And then at that point, it was about us getting over some of our own fears. And you know, for me, conditioning, just conditioned to believe that birth happens one way. Um, so, you know, kind of getting through those those weeds a little bit so that I could arrive in that that loving space, which was our home birth decision. So that that's what it was for me. I remember in one of the episodes where you talk about this whole story and in the start of this, you described that first hug with your midwife and how you just felt oh, so yeah. warm and safe right after that moment. I yeah. mean, that whole that whole first visit was so magical because we had gone to, I don't know, a month and a half of driving to the doctor's office, you know, checking in, sitting in the sterile waiting room, doing all that mm-hmm. stuff for our eight minute appointment. So we had gone through all that and, you know, we, we did it. We did that. And then when we go to this first midwife appointment, it was in a house where <laughs> a section of the house was converted into an office space. And we sat on these big lazy boy chairs, just everything about Luxurious. it. Luxurious. <laughs> It was, it was, it was like, it was warm and comfy and inviting. It kind of felt like going to my grandmother's home, Mm. you know, just, I felt so at home. Mm -hmm. And so then that hug, when we left, it was just like hugging somebody I had known for so long Mm. who had seen me grow up. You know what I mean? It just, it it had this beautiful quality to it. And, and we hugged, we didn't hug our OB. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like our midwife, she wanted to hug us and and we weren't even, uh, we weren't even working with her yet. That was just like an exploratory hour long appointment. So yeah, it it was, it was everything. And we're huggers. So we know the quality of a a good, solid hug. You have a good, solid (laughs) hug. (laughs) That's so beautiful. So where do we start? Okay. Our interest has been peaked. At least I know mine has. So where do we begin if we're curious about a home birth? Since we're in a world where doing it at home does exist, <laughs> I would say absolutely checking out the podcast and just listening in to a couple of conversations or stories just to hear someone's perspective who 
who has done it. You mm-hmm. know, similar to what you're creating with Mamas in Training, you know, talk to those who have walked the path or listen to those who have walked the path. So if you are at all curious about home birth, there are a, a number of really great resources out there. And if you really want to talk to someone, the Facebook groups are amazing, especially local ones or in your community where you can get to someone. Maybe you could speak to a doula or a midwife. A lot of doulas and midwives do free consultations mm-hmm. or will at least direct you to resources. So there are ways where if that curiosity has been piqued, you can you can feed it a bit and, and learn a little bit more without making any big choice, without making any, you know, life-changing decision. And what can we kind of expect? Some people might not even know what a doula or what a midwife is. We've talked about it on the podcast mm-hmm. quite a bit, but if you haven't heard those episodes and those terms, when we're at home, what can we most commonly expect to have? What type of support do we have? That's a great question. Yeah. And of course, there are variations, but I would say for the majority, what you can expect with a planned home birth where you have prenatal care leading up to that home birth, you would have a midwife. There are different certifications and classifications of midwives. That's something that you can discuss with them. And that depends on, it can depend on where you live and just what access to care you have. But there are certified nurse midwives. There are certified professional midwives. Nurse midwife just meaning they have a nurse degree and specification and professional accreditation in which they can work in a hospital and probably did or do work in a hospital. A certified professional midwife is where you find more of your at-home birth midwives um, who have just gone through a different mode, a different modality of of certification that is a lot more hands-on and a lot more apprenticeship-based. So you can expect a midwife of some kind. And then beyond that, it really just kind of depends on what kind of midwife you're working with and what her practice looks like and what kind of birth team you want to assemble. So at its bare bones, so to speak, a planned prenatal care setup home birth would be the birthing person and or partner if applicable and a midwife, which you have chosen to work with and, you know, create this experience in this plan with. From there, just a, a couple of, of variations that it could also very much look like if that midwife works with any midwife assistants or apprentices, like in our case, ours did, we had our midwife present along with two midwife assistants. So that's a possibility. And then a doula would be a lots of times separate choice and separate process. I I have not heard of a situation where you kind of get midwife doula kind of all in one package. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, Mm -hmm. but it's, I just don't think that's the the norm necessarily. A doula would be a a separate choice that you would make. And a doula is a non-medical birth professional who serves as really a support. So they are not going to quote unquote deliver the baby, but they will be there for, you know, whatever sort of specific support or or care that you have created with them. But that's the role of a doula. They're certainly not required and yet are really, really great for awesome. everything that we've heard. <laughs> yeah. And one of the big things that I was super surprised at was how much equipment our midwife brought with her. So I tell this in this way, I tell this story all the time. It was the morning of our daughter Maya's birth. It's probably like five or six in the morning. Called the midwife. Hey, I think, you know, it's time for y'all to come over. They came over. And when they came into our house, they had black duffel bags. Like that scene in the Matrix where Neo walks into the, (laughs) the office building with the black duffel bags. And they rolled in. All three of them were carrying a big black duffel bag. And I watched them just get set up in our room and unpack these things. And they pulled out so much gear Mm. and equipment and oxygen and medication and 
all these things that I I had no idea was going to be a part of the experience. And so what that did for me is up to that point, I was totally at peace and so confident in our uh, midwives and their assistants ability to handle any situation. And seeing all this equipment, I was like, wow, okay, you all come like super prepared. Ready to go. Yeah. Ready to go to, to, to be able to handle any situation. So, you know, on top of what Sarah mentioned as what you can expect, you can also expect them to bring things that you might, you know, recognize from a hospital that yeah. they w- could use in the event that they need to. And it provided a little bit of comfort for me, like, oh, wow, they got oxygen if we need it. We have right. Pitocin here if they need it. So it was great to have all these things and all these people at our birth. It just helped round out that experience and really support that Sarah and I felt was very strong. Now, at your experience, you mentioned that the midwife was there and the apprentice or or more than one apprentice was there. Yes, there were two. Two. And then did you have a doula as well or no? I did not have a doula. Uh, If you were to do it again, would you or? Yes. I would say yes right now. I really didn't know all that much about doulas, to be honest, Mm. at the time. We did have support. We had lots of support. We had lots of support. One, two, three, four, five. We had five other people in the room aside from the midwife and two apprentices and everyone had a very clear role. Yeah. And I was never not supported or actually in a physical sense and emotional, mental, Mm. spiritual. Someone was always giving me counter pressure on my hips. Someone was rubbing my back. Someone was bringing me water, you know, so I was not lacking for anything. And thankfully, you know, with just what we established with our midwives, as far as, you know, being prepared or the intricacies of birth, I didn't feel like I was lacking anything. So I I Mm. felt fully supported in that sense. And, you know, everyone, everyone had their marching orders and everyone rocked it. So, Mm, you know, and and that's unique, I would say. And and I think it's for that reason that I don't feel like I was missing anything and and missed out on having a doula necessarily for that birth experience. Matthew, since you're here and it's such a beautiful opportunity to hear from the partner side, I would love if you could speak on the partner's role specifically in home birth and how that felt for you, if you felt, you know, I know it's actually just yesterday telling my husband, oh, I'm going to have this conversation about home birth. And he was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, yeah, he's like, that scares the crap out of me. That's- so I know, you know, specifically he, I think, feels that without the quote unquote safety of a hospital that we're all so tuned to have. Mm-hmm. Once you make the decision for a home birth, there is a certain level of pressure that I think at least my husband, I know, would feel. So what is that partner's role in a home birth and and how did did you feel that sense of nervousness? That's awesome questions. So the partner's role is whatever he or she wants it to be, along Mm -hmm. with the birthing person. Partner can be hands-on. Partner can be right there next to mama, you know, holding the hand, applying pressure, wiping the forehead, you know, dancing, squeezing, rocking, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Or partner can be watching from the back of the room while other people play those roles. It really has to do with the personality of that individual, of the partner. For me, I was super hands-on and I just knew that from the get-go that I was going to want to be hands-on. And so um, I jumped in in that sort of role. So it really has to do with where partner feels most comfortable because that's going to be the best. If partner tries to take on a role that they're not fully comfortable with and they don't get fully comfortable with it, you know, upon birthing time, then they're in their head. They are questioning themselves and wondering if they can do it and afraid of certain scenarios because they don't know if they're going to be able to show up in that scenario. And that's not what you want. That's going to pull you out of being present. So whatever role has partner feeling present, confident. 
continent. That's the proper role for them. Biggest thing that I know my husband would want us to touch on is that fear that yeah. what if something goes wrong? You mentioned that there are multiple levels of midwives and stuff, and, and there are even midwives that can be connected to hospitals. And so what do we need to know to really prepare for that fear? I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, ah, I, I love sense. the idea of a home birth, but like, what the heck? Yeah. How do we prepare for that? I mean, we both had a lot of what ifs. I, I think I was more fearful initially. And there's a couple of things that really made me feel more at peace. One was understanding that anything can happen at any place that you're choosing to have a birth. Just because you're at hospitals doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen and outcomes may not be True. what you want. The second was I didn't have a, a conception of really what a home birth was or what a midwife did or what a doula did. Once I learned more, that right there gave me so much confidence. Like when I sat down and spoke with our midwife and saw the four, five, six hundred photos she had all around of all the different births and heard the stories of her delivering three generations of people and mm. just hearing her vast, incredible amount of expertise that she and her partner in the mid in the midwifery practice had. I was like, oh, you know so much what you're doing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and so I was ignorant and I went into it ignorant of, of home birth and midwives. And that led to me being very afraid of those individuals managing and being a part of our birth. Because the only picture I knew was you have a birth in a hospital because doctors know what they're doing and their job is to stop any situation before it develops too far. But what I learned is that's exactly what the role of a midwife is as well, to mm. observe, to be connected with the mother, to understand what's going on with the body, to hear how she's breathing, to listen to how she's vocalizing. And from there to be able to see things that are happening and do what needs to be done before it, it becomes an emergency. So when I just understood more and learned more, I realized that a lot of my fears were just based off of not having a lot of information. And then I also brought every single one of my what if questions and scenarios to the midwife. Mm. I was, I'm going to ask all the questions until there's nothing left in me because I knew that if we were going to choose home birth and I stepped into that room with an ounce of fear, my fear was going to be felt through that room. Right. Sarah was going to pick up yeah. on my fear. The midwives are going to have to try to mitigate my fears and that pulls them away from being present with Sarah and baby. So I'm like, let me get all my fears out on the table and let's discuss them. And again, once we discussed the fears, there was there was an answer to every question that I had. And then seeing and, and creating our contingency plans. So this is plan A. This is what we want to do. Plan B, this is if, if, you know, this, if it starts to go left a little bit. Plan C is if we need to do this. Plan D. And we had all of our plans in place. At that point, there was, there was no room for the fear to live within me. It had been addressed fully and completely. And at that point, it was just me letting go and surrendering and having faith and getting into the excitement and really starting to believe that we can do this and and believe in myself and believe in Sarah. And, you know, that was easy for me to do. So mm. fears are there until you address them and face them. And, and we know, we both did that throughout the process of choosing, or of, of exploring home birth up until the birth day happened. Add to that, I feel like majority of humans before having babies have not witnessed an unmanaged, unmedicated birth. And so mm -hmm. I think that's a really great thing, a homework assignment for, again, regardless of where you choose to birth, but for the partner especially, this is what birth looks like. You know, this yeah. isn't the yeah. movies where they're screaming and, you know, they're they're going off to the hospital and it's it's such a chaotic mess. This, this is what birth can be. Yes, she's making lots of noises. Yes, she's experiencing a lot of sensations. Yes, there are fluids, you know, yes to these things, but just, just take this in a little bit. I think that can be very helpful because then when things do come up in the birth experience, you know, you can kind of remind yourself of that 
and that your partner, yes, might be experiencing a lot of things and may, might even call it pain. You know, it's pain with a purpose and, yeah. and she's moving through this. And the other thing that came up for me when you were speaking, Matthew, was if you just allow yourself to be open to the possibility, again, you don't have to choose home birth, but open to the possibility of there are lots of great options and they can work for many different people. One of the most stark lessons for me in moving into home birth was the stories that you see when you Google home birth and just the first page is don't do it or, you know, the horror Mm -hmm. stories of home birth, you know, these very isolated, very outlier instances that they're not taking the time to state how rare in fact these things are. When we learned that actually the vast majority of transfers to hospital from home birth are elective non-emergent choices. That are made because mom is usually tired and could use the epidural to get some rest and then even potentially still have a vaginal birth or not. Again, their choice, but it's not this emergency situation. So that that to me was really eye-opening that these these emergencies that you see that come up in home birth, again, we've already kind of, you know, mentioned can happen anywhere. But also when a home birth does go to hospital or when more intervention does come into the scene, it's usually chosen way earlier on than when it becomes an emergency. Absolutely. And just to comment again, it's I know for myself, I was totally programmed and conditioned to believe birth looked a certain way. watching movies and TV and it's a screaming chaotic mess and you know mama grabs husband's hand and squeezes it and then it breaks his hand and he falls and (laughs) there's things flying across the room if that was how stuff was going down yeah I probably want to have that in the hospital Mm -hmm. because that was a hot mess but to Sarah's point when you see birth when you watch a video or documentary on birth and you see how it goes down it's not like that and so if your idea and concept of birth is what you see in movies and TV which is entertainment it's supposed to be shocking because that's what they want to do in those movies and TV shows, then yeah, the idea of doing that at home probably sounds crazy. But when you witness what a birth actually looks like can be so transformative just to experience that, just to witness that. But then it also helps to answer a lot of those what ifs and dissolve a lot of those fears because you say, wow, okay, this is actually what it looks like. And so I go back to a question that you asked you know, a few minutes ago about preparation. On top of listening to podcasts and talking to people who've done home birth, go and watch a birth. I had never watched a birth prior to Mm. our midwife handing us a DVD and saying, here, go watch this. I had never seen a birth except for when I was in 11th grade and they did the the sex video (laughs) or or whatever, whatever the... Yeah, the sex ed yeah. class, whatever that was. And it's meant to horrify you oh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and it was Celibate. it was like 30 years old and it just, I had never seen these things. Mm-hmm. And when you do see them, can it, I know it changed me. It, it changed and it changed what, how I felt about birth. It changed what I what I thought was possible for, for us and it reduced a lot of the fears that I had. Is there a video or a place that you recommend seeing something like that? Yes. That's documentary. These Are My Hours yes. is a really beautifully put together documentary following a woman's journey from labor, active labor to the birth of her baby. And it's kind of like this hero's journey. You know, it's just Mm. following her and it's very artistically, very beautifully put together. And you witness the the entire experience of her, you know, walking the coals on her own. Mm. And, you know, she narrates it as well. And so you get to hear kind of what she was going through and what she's processing. And it's quiet and it's calm. It's dark. She catches her baby mm. herself. Yeah. And her midwife is on the other end of the room on the other side of the room and yeah i'll definitely i'll put the link to that in the show notes and i'm going to add that to my list soon to watch you know and it's interesting when you talk to about this idea of fear in all the plans
plans, Matthew, that you said that you lined up. I haven't been through this experience, so people might correct me, but I would venture to say that a lot of times going through the traditional hospital route, you might not even talk about these other fears and these other plans that might have to go into place. Like, it seems as though the only discussion really that you have is just the baby, how it's going to happen and the basic logistics. So in a way, by going through this route, you almost were more prepared than you would in a hospital setting. And once again, I, I caveat, I haven't gone through a birth or a pregnancy to know, but that's just what the assumption seems like. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll venture to say it. Mm -hmm. if, if people won't get mad, that's fine. They get mad at me. I think yeah. we are way more prepared going through a home birth with our midwives than uh, if we did a hospital birth. I mean, the amount of time, the amount of FaceTime that we got with, with our mm -hmm, midwives mm -hmm. was 5X. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. eight minute, maybe 10 minute meetings versus an hour plus. Mm -hmm. And that's unreal. You know, and through, we, we just talked and we asked our questions and we brought our resources and we just discussed things. And, you know, we, we did have a handful of, of meetings with our OB. And sometimes the conversation was just focused on what, what goes wrong and, mm -hmm. you know, the yeah. different things and different policies of the hospital. You can't do this, can't do that. So I, I feel like <laughs> just having that FaceTime and when you are bringing your questions and fears and what makes you uncomfortable and discussing them, then you're bound to become more educated. Yeah. If we've decided to make that choice of home birth and we have that maybe apprehensive moment of having to share that idea with our OB, our family, our friends. Can you give us just a few little tips on how to go into these conversations? I say go in with high intention and low expectation. <laughs> and by beautiful. that, I just mean be very clear with yourself, you know, inside out. If you feel clear, if you feel aligned, share what you want to share and understand that people have their own experiences and opinions and points of reference from which they come. And based on their belief systems about birth, it'll probably make sense why they say or do whatever they say or do. Mm -hmm. And my advice to that is to do work as much as you can on not taking that personally, that it doesn't really have to do with you and your choice. It's there. It's the reflective point that it's highlighting something in them that makes them uncomfortable. And so now you're becoming the recipient of that. That's what I would say there. And you know, if you have a partner there with you in the journey to really lean on each other for that process as well. However you choose to have conversations with people, you know, beyond breaking up with an OB if you are with an OB. Some people don't even do that. You know, they'll keep they'll keep mm -hmm. dual care going and then they just don't show up to the hospital and yeah. then they say, "Oh, we had a baby <laughs> at home. Sorry." So there's that. But then you you have the right to choose with yeah. whom you have these conversations. So I think that right there can be an empowering that you can you can navigate that as you see fit and then the timing that works for you. But I I think just remembering your intention, remembering the why that you're doing mm -hmm. this for and that that why is greater than than any pushback someone might have to that yeah that's beautiful it's your yeah. decision it's your choice it's yeah and you know the word choice i think is so important and choosing from a space of feeling empowered and you know i, I love what sarah said go into those conversations being centered and confident in your decision, you know, because you don't know how a person's going to respond. They they mm -hmm. may be like I was, never really heard of home birth and just thought it was the craziest thing ever. And so when you drop that information on them, they might react and it's mm -hmm. not personal. Yeah. And, you know, depending on your relationship with them, you might just need to be patient and hold space, you know, for them to to be able to do their own fears and whatever makes them uncomfortable about it. Um, so yeah, those conversations are can be uncomfortable. You know, they aren't, they aren't always fun, but going in prepared and with a strong intention 
intention, a clear intention. I think that creates better outcomes in those conversations. Any closing words for anyone who's interested on this journey for them to keep in mind? I would say continue to do what fills you up and has you feeling the most in the center of yourself and the most joyful. And when you are coming from that place, regardless if it's a birth decision or a parenting decision, that that's the place from which to approach the things that you're you're choosing and, and do it in love. So yes, home birth was our journey. It's not everyone's journey, but the, the real core of it is that you are living your, your most express joyful life. And so that's what I would just leave with that the do the things that contribute to that because that's really what matters most is is your well-being and how you're feeling. And you know that's going to carry on through through pregnancy, through birth, through parenthood, and all the other things mm-hmm. of life. So came up for me today. For me, it is that one of the reasons I feel we're here is to have experiences. And so, you know, we each get to make decisions that create different experiences. So think about the experience that you would like to have in pregnancy, birth, and beyond, and choose the things that are going to support that experience, whatever the experience is for you, and trust that you'll feel it. You know, you'll feel that with your intuition. That when you quiet a lot of the outside noise, you'll feel, you know, what is ultimately going to be the most powerful choice for you and go boldly with those choices. Beautiful. Sarah and Matthew, it's been truly a joy. Thank you so much for filling my cup on home birth. It's it's really, it's been something I've been so interested in about recently and I finally got that itch scratched. So thank you for, for indulging me and all of the links to your website, your podcast, your resources, Matthew, your podcast, everything will be in the show notes. So I highly encourage anybody to go check that out and get some further support from Sarah and Matthew and their community and what they're providing all focused around home birth. So Thank you all so much. I'm so grateful. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. By now, you're either feeling a little more curious about how the home birth experience can support you, or it's a solid, nope, I'm good. (laughs) I have to admit, my curiosity is definitely piqued. If you are in the same boat as I am, check out the community that Sarah and Matthew have created at Doing It at Home. It's really beautiful. We are always seeming to be talking about community here because you can never have enough and having multiple communities to support your motherhood journey is important because they all serve their own purpose. If you'd like support from mamas who've been there as well as mamas who are in your shoes and are currently expecting, then join us in our free Mamas in Training Facebook community. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and be ready to be instantly supported by a group of empowering women just like yourself. If you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so I know how to better serve you. I'd also love for you to join our community of Mamas in Training on Facebook. You can find me at Mamas in Training on Instagram and at mamasintraining.com. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.